Okay, let's look at our text for our sermon, John 6, 16 through 21. That can be found in your bulletin or on the screen. A very famous story. When evening came, Jesus' disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three to four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. The word of the Lord. Well, to give you a little context to this story, we know last week, uh, as I preached, Jesus has fed the 5,000. In fact, it was probably more like 10 to 15,000 when you include women and children. And he has fed them to the point of satiation, uh, that they are so full that there were actually 12 basketfuls of bread that were left over. And we know that later in this chapter, the rest of the chapter is about Jesus being the bread of life. And so sandwiched between these two, uh, the feeding of the 5,000 and the rest of the chapter, no pun intended, is this story here, this miracle story. And there's no more mention of it once it happens. There's this miracle of Jesus walking on the water, and, and he doesn't, it's not mentioned anymore. And we have to ask the question, why does Jesus do this miracle? The crowds don't know about it. Jesus is trying to communicate something. To whom? He's trying to communicate who, to his disciples. And through his disciples, he's trying to communicate to us. And what he is trying to communicate is this. That I am the one who meets all of your needs. Jesus says, I am the one who meets all of your needs. Do we really believe this, Christian? What would life look like if we believed in Jesus as the one who meets all of our needs. And so that is the point of this sermon, that Jesus will meet all of our needs, and he meets them with himself. We're going to look at three points in this passage. Number one, Jesus comes to us in our need. Number two, Jesus meets our need with himself. And finally, Jesus satisfies our need. Because Jesus will meet every one of our needs with himself. So let's look at this first point. Jesus comes to us in our need. We see in verse 16 that evening has come. The disciples went down to the sea and they got into a boat and they've started across the sea to Capernaum. In fact, this is right after the feeding of the 5,000. It actually says that immediately in, a, in one of the parallel gospels that Jesus made his disciples go down to a boat. Now, the Sea of Galilee is about six to nine miles across. And so this miracle has happened on the eastern side of the, of the Sea of Galilee, and they are traveling to Capernaum, which is on the western side. So they have six to nine miles to row. And where is Jesus? He sends them on. He dismisses them. Well, Jesus has gone up on a mountain by himself to pray. Jesus would often do this. He'd, he'd step away from his disciples, and he'd go spend time with his father. And so it says in verse 18 that the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. The Sea of Galilee is actually about 600 feet below sea level, and it's rimmed by mountains. 
And so it's notorious for these storms coming down into this bowl, if you will, and stirring up the wind and the waves. And so the wind brings waves. And the boat is being beaten by these waves. And there's this sense of panic that's starting to set in. See, they've rowed about three to four miles, and they need to go six to nine miles. And another one of the Gospels tells us that this is the fourth watch of the night. It's somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. So the disciples have been rowing for nine hours. Imagine getting out on a sea and rowing for nine hours. They are exhausted. And they have a distinct need, and that is to get off this body of water. But they can't. They're stuck. Have you ever felt this way? There's some place that you're trying to get, but whatever you try, no matter how hard you strain, you cannot get there. Everything seems against you. You ever felt this way in your job? You have a project that's due. You're trying to get it done, and despite all of your best efforts, you're not getting anywhere. Maybe a habit in your life that you want to kick, but you can't seem to get around it, that it comes back again and again, no matter how hard you try. Or maybe a dispute with a, in a relationship with a spouse or a friend that you keep coming back to the same place again and again, despite your best efforts, you can't get anywhere. The disciples must feel utterly alone. See, we have a deep need to know that someone is with us in the storm. That someone is for us. That someone can do something about our circumstances. And so, in verse 19, they see Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat. But they're frightened. I mean, think about that. They're three to four miles out in the sea. And there's a heavy wind blowing. It's, the waves are mounting. And here comes Jesus. How is he walking on water? I mean, it's impossible to walk on calm water. But it doesn't say that Jesus is climbing or stumbling over these big waves. Rather, he's walking. Somehow he has created a a channel, if you will, through these waves in which he's walking out for an evening stroll, as as you will. The disciples' response Another one of the Gospels tells us that they are terrified. When was the last time that you were terrified? That your pulse spiked? That your heart was in your throat? That your adrenaline was pumping? The disciples are terrified. And the reason they're terrified is because the one person they do not expect to see is Jesus Christ. See, they think we are alone in this storm. Jesus can't help us out here. I mean, Jesus is a carpenter. This isn't his domain. But it is his domain, isn't it? Jesus is just as comfortable walking on the Sea of Galilee as he is on land. And why does Jesus show up? Because he knows that they're in trouble. And he comes to meet their need. That's what Jesus does. He comes to us in our need. Wherever you are right now, and perhaps you think I am all alone, I'm three to four miles out 
in the middle of the sea and there's no one around me. There's no one who can help me. Perhaps you are exhausted battling the wind and the waves and you're ready to give up because you don't have any more strength. Perhaps you think, if I'm going to get out of this crisis or this situation, it's going to have to be me. Jesus cannot reach me. My friends, I'm here to tell you that there's no place that Jesus cannot go. There's no situation beyond his reach. Indeed, there's no place he will not go. Because he is a God who seeks us out and seeks us out and finds us because he cares for us. So look to him in the midst of the storm. Look to him to come and meet your needs no matter where you are. Because he is a God who comes especially in the midst of the storm. Jesus comes to meet our need which leads me to my second point, that Jesus meets our need with himself. See, they're terrified because they do not recognize Jesus. Indeed, one of the other Gospels says that they thought that he was a ghost. Something happens in a crisis, right? You can't think straight. You can't see straight. The whole world is swirling around you. And they don't want to have anything to do with Jesus Christ. But Jesus says these words, but he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Indeed, another gospel says immediately he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I does not translate very well from Greek into English. The Greek translation is ego emi. Ego, which means I am, and emi also means I am. So what Jesus actually says is, I am, I am. You may recognize that as the name of God. I am that I am. Remember Moses at the burning bush in the desert when he meets with God and God sends him to the Israelites and, and Moses says, when I go and they ask who has sent you, what name shall I give? And God says, I am that I am. Jesus says the same thing to the disciples. He's in effect saying to them that I'm the same God that led the Israelites out from Egypt, that parted the sea, that performed the miracles. What does this name, I am, that I am, actually mean? It means a couple of things. It means I am timeless. Jesus is not saying I was or I will be, but I have always been. I am. Jesus never has a beginning and he never has an end. He always is. He's timeless. But Jesus is also saying I am independent. He depends on nothing to bring him into being or to support him or to counsel him or to make him what he is. He is self-made. He's independent of everything. Jesus is saying, I am life itself. I am the source of all these things that other people depend on. I am life itself means that everything that is not me depends totally on me. The entire universe is utterly secondary 
It came into being by Jesus, and it stays in being moment by moment on his decision to keep it in being. Finally, I am that I am means I am all-powerful. All the universe is by comparison to God as nothing. Contingent, dependent reality is to absolute independent reality as shadow to substance, as an echo to a thunderclap. All that we are amazed by in the world and in the galaxies is compared to God as nothing. Now notice what Jesus says. I am that I am. Therefore, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because of who I am and because I am here, you need not fear, disciples. All that I am, my power, my timelessness, my greatness, my conquering is for you. See, there's a difference between Jesus being for you and I being for you, right? I can say I'm for you, but there are limits to my ability to be for you. I can't always be there for you. I don't have the ability to move mountains or change circumstances, but Jesus does. Jesus is saying all of the power of the universe is with you. Now, how far will Jesus go for us? Jesus has demonstrated his level of commitment to us by sacrificing himself to die in our place. See, there's a limit to how far a person will go for you, but not Jesus. He will go all the way to death, which he did. And so when Jesus says, I am that I am, be not afraid. The disciples and us can take confidence because if God is for us, who can be against us? But think even more about what Jesus is communicating. There are many ways that Jesus could have fixed this problem, right? He could have fixed it from the shore. He could have simply spoken a word and the sea would have calmed down, a long distance miracle. He could have changed the wind so they could get to where they were going. But Jesus didn't do that. He came instead. Why? Because he wanted the disciples to know, I am with you. I will meet your need. See, think about it. They just fed the five, Jesus just fed the 5,000. And there are 12 basketfuls left over. How many disciples are there? There's 12. What's Jesus communicating to the disciples? I will meet your needs. I will take care of you. And immediately afterwards, this storm comes up on the sea. And Jesus communicates the same message by coming to them on the water. I will meet your need. I am the way through the storm. I have enough power and strength for you as well. I am the solution. See, the greatest thing about Christianity is Christ. Jesus is Christianity. We have a God who is with us, who came to earth, became a man, and now lives inside of us 
by the Holy Spirit. If you are a Christian and have received Jesus Christ into your heart. And Jesus speaks into your storm and says, I am. Don't be afraid. So what are you afraid of? What's the wind and the water in your life? Is it the future? I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how I'm going to be able to meet the needs of the future. Jesus is already there, and he is. Maybe it's the present. This world is so uncertain, right? COVID and everything going on, and you feel alone, and you don't know how you're going to be able to navigate through the difficulties of this present life. Jesus is I am, and he is for you. Maybe it's my finances. I need help. I need someone to navigate that financial storm. Jesus is the great I am. Maybe it's just myself. I have a deep sense in my life that I don't have what it takes. See, my friends, you don't have to have what it takes. Because Jesus does. And Jesus brings you himself. I am and I am with you. Even in the middle of the night. Even in the middle of the storm, he is there. So be at peace. The Lord is with you. Take heart. Even in the storm, the Lord is with you. Have hope in the midst of despair. Because the Lord is with you. Jesus meets every one of your needs with himself. Finally, Jesus satisfies our need. We see in verse 21, they finally recognize who Jesus is. And it says they were glad to take him into the boat. And immediately, the boat was at the land to which they were going. Isn't that interesting? Immediately, the boat goes to its destination. Jesus performs a miracle of teleportation. What was that like? They're like three miles out at sea, and they blink their eyes, and they're instantly at the shore. That's amazing. Without Jesus, they could not get there. They could not do it on their own. With Jesus, it was nothing. Jesus wants to communicate to them that I will satisfy your need, and he does it in a miraculous way. It's important for us, my friends, to understand that all our problems are as nothing to Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Do you recognize that in your life? What peace it brings when you know that Jesus is with you and that he's in control. Now, does Jesus always satisfy our needs in such a miraculous way? The answer is no. Well, why not? The reality is he has things he wants to teach the disciples and us. And the way we learn is often in the waiting. I mean, Jesus could have come at 12 a.m. instead of 3 a.m., right? But Jesus' timing is always perfect. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's never, ever late. Maybe you have been struggling against the wind 
and the waves for some time now. You've cried out, and it doesn't seem like Jesus has heard. But Jesus always hears, because he always is. He knows what we can bear. And the beauty is Jesus is already with us in the boat. And he says to you, and he says to me, I am that I am, so that we don't have to be afraid. So rest in Jesus, in the midst of the storm. Be patient. Trust him. Look for him in the midst of the storm because he is there. And he will meet all of your needs, starting with the need of himself. For when I know Jesus is in the boat with me, I can face any storm. Jesus will meet our every need with himself. So take heart, be still, and wait for the Lord, for he will surely come. He always does. Let's pray. Oh, we thank you, Jesus, that you are in the boat with us and that you are the great I am and nothing is impossible or too hard for you. So, Lord, we look to you in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our strife and difficulty. We need you. We need you in our relationships. We need you in our present. We need you in our future. We need you. So meet us. Say to our soul, be not afraid. And let us wait expectantly with trust, with peace, with hope for your coming and your working. For you will surely do it. We pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now we come to a time of giving in our service. Uh, we do not pass an offering plate. We have left offering plates in the foyer. If you wish to give uh, your contribution to Redeemer, you can do so on the way out after the service. If you are new to Redeemer, don't feel compelled in any way to give. We're just glad that you're here. Let me go ahead and pray for our offering. God, we pray that you would use our offering. We pray that you would use it to strengthen and build up your church uh, for the work of mercy and justice, for the great and glorious job of proclaiming the gospel uh, to the world. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.